welcome to Women at Lunch Table podcast. This is your host Jeevita Balakrishnan. Hey, hello everyone. Hope you are doing well and staying safe. Uh so today's guest is a very interesting guest. Uh you know, definitely very intriguing for me. uh with whom i've been uh, having my lunch every single day uh, not only lunch breakfast dinner so it's none other than vibhu ganesan um uh, he's part of the people analytics team at intel uh for those of you who don't know me well um vibhu is my husband um so when i started women at lunch table i did jot down the names of a lot of women who would like to invite to my podcast and i did jot down the names of few men as well uh, from whom i've learned heaps and vibhu is one among them uh, you know it might sound a little weird to have men at women at lunch table but uh, you know it was it was planned so i didn't want to uh, you know intentionally avoid uh, anyone talking or uh, you know anyone being at women at lunch table just because they are men so uh, that was that was told in my trailer as well um so so today we are going to talk about storytelling um so vibhu as part of his uh, role at intel uh, storytelling is very very crucial and uh, i've i've seen him work uh, you know work with data you know do a lot of storytelling with data at close quarters um he has given a lot of presentations and been in conferences to talk about uh, you know storytelling and how storytelling is very crucial in uh, people analytics um so today we are going to talk about how storytelling is going to help uh people product and program managers to communicate effectively uh so i would you know suggest to stay tuned till the end of the conversation because you know initially we would be covering about storytelling a little bit what is storytelling and the why's and then the middle part would be about you know how people product program managers can leverage storytelling and uh, the third would be the resources and how to hone your storytelling muscle so welcome vibhu uh, thank you for graciously accepting to be at uh, you know to be as my guest at women at lunch table happy to be here jirita and um, i'm looking forward to share what i know about storytelling uh, i've been doing storytelling um, in my role for quite some time now and i can't say that uh, i'm an expert in storytelling uh, but i like to kind of have my own style uh, and i have a few thoughts that i'd like to kind of share with you have a conversation and maybe um, you know people listening to this podcast would be able to build on this idea and uh, build this conversation as well yeah absolutely thank you vibhu uh, it's going to be a little weird for us to have a very you know professional conversation I but i think we both can try our best <laughs> all right So Vibhu, why why don't we start with explaining what is storytelling and uh, why uh, storytelling? At least for me, right, the origins of storytelling came up when I began photography as a hobby. So I still sort of think at the back of my mind that you know storytelling is an idea from photography, sort of spread its wings to uh, other several different areas, right? So it's now there at you know hr where you work and then it's now in product storytelling you know there are so many forms of storytelling right now uh so you know let's just start with what is storytelling according to you vibhu sure and, and i think the way you think about it is also very beautiful that uh, storytelling at the core of it is some sort of an art uh, it's related to photography it's related to movie making it's related to 
uh, you know, just telling bedtime stories to your children. Right. Um, that's very true. And I think it takes uh, a slightly uh, different shape and form and it kind of brings a slightly different value within uh, a company's context, within an organization's context. Um, and to me, storytelling is um, essentially a communication skill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have an idea, a message, a change. Uh, you have something that you want to share with your team, your management, um, you know, outside your company, folks that can act on the stories that you have to share. You want to share it with them and trying to find the right way and the right words to share that story is something that's really powerful and something that can help bring a lot of goodness and value. Right. And that that to me is uh, storytelling. Um, the ability to communicate your ideas uh, in such a way that it's, it's, it's moving, it's inspiring and it's powerful. Right. Um, and that's the way I see it. Um, in, and the way I think it is really relevant in, the, in these times, in these days, is because um, there are all sorts of ideas out, out there in the world. And, you know, oftentimes it boils down to who's able to tell their story and tell that idea really very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it boils down to who's able to do that better than the other person. Right. And that becomes the winning idea. So uh, that's where I think, uh, you know, at a very high level, that's what I think about storytelling. Right. And do you, do you believe that too? Do you believe that, uh, you know, whoever tells their idea better uh, kind of ends up taking the cake? Absolutely. I totally believe that uh, idea, Vibhu. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, way say, the way I see about it right now in the US, uh, Trump is telling a story and Joe Biden is telling a story. And, you know, we have to wait until November to see whose story is it has really clicked. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, we can make an entire different podcast with that particular yeah. topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Vibhu, you did mention, you know, uh, storytelling as part of communication skills, right? So, you know, how, how different do you think storytelling is from communication skill, uh, you know, in that angle? This is a question that uh, even I have uh, uh, I have thought about and I've also had in the past and I even have it today. Uh, and right now, this is the way I think about it. Storytelling is uh, one form of or one aspect of uh, communication skills. Um, you know, in your day-to-day jobs, you're required to have uh, a multitude of communication skills and storytelling is just one part of it. And it's particularly focused on taking a message and delivering it in an impactful and powerful way that helps drive action, right? And that's the way I think about it. So um, it's, it's, it's also a very, very... Uh, one of the most rewarding uh, communication forms there is, right? Absolutely. Because you don't you don't feel all that awesome when you send out an email, but when you <laughs> do a really powerful, uh, uh, you know, presentation, it could be a PowerPoint deck or it could just be a talk or it could be any form of storytelling. But when you do it really very well, it can be a rewarding experience on its own. So. Um, I, I think that it's a special form of communication skills where you think about, uh, hey, I have this uh, message or story that I want to say. Uh, how do I put it across with a lot of impact? And, uh, you know, 
you really enjoy the process of doing that and it becomes a rewarding experience so absolutely uh, i think that, uh, mm-hmm. yeah i think i think we could just uh, you know call uh, storytelling as sort of this nirvana of communication skills <laughs> right because <laughs> because then you know uh, the way you tell story the way you're going to inspire people and uh, you know spring them into action you know that's sort of this a very very a very wonderful weapon uh to have it right you can use it either way you want uh you know we got to be careful uh with who's using that weapon right storytelling is what hitler is also good at and is what martin luther king is also good at right so absolutely and and i think it is uh, um you know it's in some ways people think of it as showmanship right mm-hmm. uh people think of it as a magician standing on a stage and trying to um you, you know make people say wow and drop their jaws on the floor um <laughs> and in some in some cases people think of it as this as this charismatic wondrous thing that someone has to do in order mm-hmm. to be a good storyteller and um i don't necessarily know if that's true because uh, every time i uh, you know i've had to share a story i've always gone in there with a lot of nervousness and i've always gone in there uh thinking hey i'm going to screw this up uh, somehow <laughs> right. um and it's it's um, you know that's where i think uh, you can tell a really good story without mm-hmm. being that sort of a magician with a wand or right. a really charismatic individual and i think that's totally possible and uh, we'll talk more about it uh, sure. i have a few more thoughts um, and um, you know i'll wait for the right question uh, sure. to get on <laughs> absolutely um so again i you know wanted to pick your brains on this word natural storyteller oh that guy is a natural storyteller right so mm-hmm. you know do you think do you believe in natural storytelling ability and uh, that also brings me to another thought uh you know does emotionally intelligent people are they natural storytellers right so what is your take on that vibhu okay so i think that's a that's a brilliant question when i think about it i'd say the answer is no uh that i don't believe that there are natural storytellers because if i believe that it also means that um you know to some extent storytelling is in is something that you're born with it's an inherent mm-hmm. ability which i don't think is necessarily true mm-hmm. uh i think it's more a product of the environment uh that people grow up with and uh, the experiences that they've had in their lives um that makes them at um you know that brings them to a certain level of storytelling ability and mm-hmm. today um, you know people might be at different levels of storytelling ability and right. that's just like um, you know learning a language right, right. that's right. just like uh, someone can speak japanese really very fluently whereas someone might not know a single word in japanese but you know it's something that uh, they can definitely pick up and that's the way i see storytelling as well and right. i think the reason why a lot of people when they see storytelling when they think about storytelling they see it as uh, hey this person is a natural storyteller and it's so hard to emulate is because mm. uh they've all seen terrific examples of you know people who are just mind blowingly good storytellers and they see the distance that they have from themselves to that person and then they kind of tend to think hey it's impossible to bridge the gap between where i am today and right. where that person is today and therefore 
you know, it, it, it's, it should be something that they were gifted with or it should be something that they were naturally, um, you know, born to do type of thing, which right. I don't think it's, it's, it's true at all. I think uh, their style might be very difficult to mimic. Um, you know, their charisma might be very difficult to mimic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, in our own ways, in our own styles, through a learned process, uh, through practice and training, um, I definitely do think that there's uh, a lot of learning that can lead to people becoming better storytellers right. uh, in their jobs, in their roles, um, and uh, even outside of their professional lives. Right. And how, how much do you think emotional intelligence has to play in storytelling, Vibhu? Is it true that emotionally intelligent people are you know, inherently good at storytelling? I don't know the answer to that question, but here is what <laughs> I think, right? Uh, I think emotionally intelligent people, uh, um, you know, emotional intelligence is, uh, again, I think something that might be a little bit fluid, right? People right. can the, uh, can work with their level of emotional intelligence and make it better. Um, and when people are at a certain level of emotional intelligence, I think that carries over to the form of storytelling they say the form of storytelling that they choose to pursue, right? right. Um, it, it affects the way you tell stories, uh, but that doesn't mean that someone who's uh, very logically driven, who's who kind of thinks uh, um, uh, or thinks of things as, uh, um, you know, hey, we are all rational beings trying to do uh, a set of things who might have a very, a pragmatic worldview right so mm-hmm. they tell the stories they tell stories in different ways and people with very Correct. high emotional intelligence would st- tell stories in d- different ways and uh, at the end of that it it boils down to who it might appeal to right because right. stories told in certain ways might appeal to certain people um, and then uh, you might have to find different way, other different ways to tell the story to uh, a different set of people right so Correct. and that's that's where i think it kind of brings a difference um and um, but i don't necessarily think that um people are better storytellers um because they're more uh, they have a higher eq um i do think that it 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 it, it adds a flavor right right so right so you mean that you mean to say that uh, you know every single person is different and uh, the means for them to tell a story could also be different and nevertheless they would still have an audience uh, who would be very receptive to their way of storytelling right so oh yes i i i firmly believe that and i think uh, even the same audience can can be kind of moved inspired by different forms of storytelling um, and it's it's important to you know uh, when you think about the various elements of storytelling, the audience is such a key element, uh, mm-hmm. and they're so central to uh, the uh, the entire process of designing stories and telling stories. That's a that's a key part of it. Whatever right. be your style of storytelling, you have to think about your audience right. and think about how it will be received and you know, how how do you want it to be received as well? Got All right. So, Vibhu, you mentioned something about elements of storytelling, right, in the conversation. So could you elaborate on what are the elements of storytelling? Yes, of course. So um, me and one of my colleagues, we were kind of thinking and talking about uh, what are the various elements to storytelling. And here is what we thought of, right? 
Uh, we think that there are four major elements to storytelling. One is context. Uh, the second one is audience. The third one is narrative. And then the last one is the storyteller themselves, right? So right. if you think about context, that is your why, which is why are you telling this story under this particular, uh, it could be a business context or a social context, uh, but the context kind of determines the relevance of why that story needs to be told. Um, and it kind of determines pretty much everything because uh, if nobody cares for an irrelevant story, right? Or a story that's uh, out of context. Right. And the second thing is audience, which is who are you going to tell, be telling the story to? Because we all would, um, you know, when we're telling to a story to a child, to a five-year-old, five we instinctively know that, uh, you know, that story should be told a little bit differently. But um, when we are in our business roles and we are talking to different types of people with different backgrounds, we don't necessarily register the fact that we need to be talking different, uh, slightly different languages and telling these stories in different ways in order for us to connect with them better. Right. Uh, so the audience is the second, uh, uh, you know, important factor. Mm -hmm. um, and the third element is narrative, which is, uh, uh, to me, the crux of storytelling. Uh, it is about understanding the sequence, the flow, the arc of the story. Uh, and it's underst about understanding, um, you know, how do you use data uh, drew an approach to kind of build a narrative for the story and it's it's all about um, how do you tell uh, a beautifully designed coherent story mm -hmm. right? right so it's, it's again at the crux of uh, um, how do you guide your audience through a message so that uh, the message reaches them mm -hmm. and it creates impact right so um, these three are um, kind of like um, elements that everybody needs to do and then the final element is the storyteller themselves because um, oftentimes you'll hear advice like uh, hey you need to make your story funny or you need to kind of be very interactive with your audience um, and uh, I don't think that's necessarily true the storyteller should be as funny as they would normally be and the storyteller should shoot for a level of interaction that they are comfortable with so the storyteller needs to be uh, comfortable telling that story uh, in their own skin uh, to tell that story right so right. yeah uh, I think these, these all, all put together kind of form uh, the elements of storytelling in my mind and I might be missing uh, a few elements here and there <laughs> but I think this, this is kind of like the uh, core pop of style ingredients right so I really like the the final part uh... Um, Vibhu. So I've I've learned a few articles about storytelling, you know, the what are the elements and definitely context is one, plot is one, narrative is one, audience is one. But I think I really like the final part, which is you, because, uh, you know, when you talk, when you spoke about, you know, uh, do the interaction or do the humor level that is comfortable to you, because I hear a lot of people, you know, the trainers themselves to, you know, they artificially force interactions or force comedy that you know, that doesn't naturally come to them and it sort uh -huh. of ruins the whole uh, 
you know whole presentation for me right so i think that's 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 very important thank you for bringing that uh, element into your uh, four elements of uh, storytelling webo that's that's really good idea oh absolutely and you know um how that comes into the picture is because i have been given the same advice and i have been trying to crack some of those jokes <laughs> and i failed at it miserably right. and that's how i know that that advice does not work Correct. and it's more important that you feel comfortable in exactly so that part is what talks about uh the self awareness of the storyteller itself right so that's 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 good one to call out all right uh so moving on uh vibhu so now uh, you know coming to our product manager program manager or people manager right so say for example they wanted to tell a story of transformation right uh, so uh, the product was in this state and then we implemented a set of these 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 features and then the product has come to this state and i want to now talk about the story of transformation similarly for program managers uh, you know we we sometimes have to talk about uh, the team transformation or a project transformation or it could be an org transformation or uh, you know so on and so forth right so how do we attack this you know storytelling problem how do we ensure we give a very compelling story of transformation using storytelling okay i think that's a brilliant question because um when i think about it there are um a few different types of story mm-hmm. and one of the most um, prominent types of story is your stories of transformation right and you see this um in the in the movies that you watch in the cinemas that you watch right uh one example is godfather is a story of transformation where you have this uh, son of an aging uh, uh, godfather who kind of transforms from somebody who wants to be very disconnected from that world to somebody who's very deeply involved in that world and who's who's kind of forced to to transform right right and this is just one example so there are lots of examples of stories of transformation right and the best way to think about telling a story of transformation is to kind of think back to some of these examples in popular media uh, and see how they have told those stories mm-hmm. right and um, I, i think there are a few ways to do it a few ways to tell these stories of transformation or uh, one approach would be to do it linearly um, and let's say let's call it linear transformation storytelling or something like okay. that okay so it starts from the earliest point in time and goes to the latest point in time so if let's say you want to drive a change in your uh, um, let's say if you want to you're a project manager who's trying to move a team from a waterfall model to an agile mm-hmm. model um you start by explaining the current situation what you have today uh, where you see gaps what's wrong what's not working and then you explain the change as to why that needs to change um and you explain the core of what will change and you finish by explaining uh, what you see as the expected outcome of all of this process right so it goes from starting with today hey here is what today is and then you, you build on saying why today doesn't work and then you talk about the change and then you kind of drive towards uh, putting a picture of the future in your audience's mind right the other way to do this um for you know this this the linear model works really very well for uh, incremental changes mm-hmm. but if you're doing very drastic changes then um 
I, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to think of this particular model of storytelling as, uh, wouldn't it be nice model, right? Uh, where you take your final desired outcome mm-hmm. or your vision mm-hmm. and you start with the vision uh, without talking too much about today, you talk a lot about, you focus a lot of your energy about the vision and what's great about the vision and how it's different and what next steps are required to put ourselves on the journey towards that vision, right? So these two are tackling the very same problem of, hey, something needs to change, but one is tackling it as, uh, with a with view of, hey, here is what we have today and here is how we slowly move towards a better tomorrow. Right. Whereas the other focuses on here is what, um, you know, what is a vision for a, a, a really good future place and um, you know how do we tell that story? right i think uh, and- the second one is uh, you know what you mentioned that uh, you start with a vision and uh, it just puts me martin luther king's i have a dream right so i think that's uh, you know that's a very classic example for the for the second approach that you just spoke about right absolutely i completely agree and i think that's that's pretty much spot on right um I have a dream and that speech that Martin Luther um, King delivered is a great example of a story of transformation uh, delivered in the wouldn't it be nice. Exactly. Right. Um, And it it works well for product managers as well, where you can say, wouldn't it be nice if we had uh, this feature on our product that will drive this. And it's, it's great to kind of think about it. um, Think about drastic changes and, talk about drastic changes as stories of like, uh, wouldn't it be nice model? Um, the wouldn't it be nice approach doesn't work for all types of story. It works for uh, one type of story, which is a story of transformation. Uh, the other types of stories are stories of explanation, where you try to understand what happened and explain what happened to someone. Mm-hmm. This could be um, a story of um, you know figuring out what went wrong uh, where you start with a why and do uh, go backwards, asking the question of why did it happen? Why did it happen? Why did it happen? All the way back to root cause. Okay. Or it could be a story of choice where you are pitching something, you you have a variety of choices and you're explaining those choices. So there are different forms of stories and you'd use different tools and different sequences, different flows and different arcs for all of these stories. Um, and it's it's always... Um, you know, useful to have data um, to drive these stories. Now, some of these stories are very difficult to gather data around, um, uh, but some of these, many of these stories can be supplemented with data, especially in the organization. Like when you're working in an organization as a project manager, today you have a lot of information about your own projects, the timelines and so on. So it's, um, it's really practically possible to use data uh, to drive many of these stories. And you would use data at every single junction. Um, and uh, that's where it becomes a very powerful weapon right. uh, to have the right data visualizations and the right uh, um, data to back up every single chapter in your story right right so now you know storytelling with data has become extremely crucial uh, right so i think uh, uh, you know starting from photographs uh, right so now it's 
taken into this new form of storytelling, right? So, uh, you know, the form that we were familiar with storytelling with photographs, right? And then it's now okay. storytelling with data. And now the story listener, uh, what we, you know, what I don't see a lot of people discussing is, uh, you know, the the mindset of story listeners, and uh, mm-hmm. because there is a lot of data that a storyteller is going to throw at you and how as a listener are you going to consume the data right so mm-hmm. people story listeners are not equipped with questions or with the side of you know the insight probably i would say uh, to consume the amount of data a storyteller is throwing at them right um uh, what do you, what do you think about it webo what do you think about story receivers or story listeners how do they fit in storytelling with data i think that's that's a brilliant question because um, in today's organizational context a lot of times um, um, you know we tend to kind of share stories with people uh, with different levels of uh, let's say data literacy right or being data savvy right? yeah um and we have exceptional people who can um you know look at your story and think about it in four different ways and ask you tons of questions about uh, um you know why you believe in your story uh and then on the other side you also have people that might not have the same level of comfort or familiarity uh working with data right, right? and if you in an in a lot of course material uh where they talk about storytelling as a skill you will hear standard advice that says dumb down information till you kind of get to a point where it's very easy for your audience to understand right i don't necessarily agree with that sort of an approach mm-hmm. i do think that if something is too complex for you to explain you need to think about finding better ways to explain that and you can't simply reduce the complexity of an issue just so that you can explain it to someone i think you need to be uh, finding ways to um, that, that's what a good storyteller does right. uh, take a complicated story and then figure out a good way to uh, tell that story right without removing the core part of the complexity exactly exactly and and, and often times we we do have a lot of instances of uh, absolutely terrific storytellers picking up Uh, you know misleading information or picking up specific pieces uh, within the data mm-hmm. to tell misleading stories and it's important that uh, um, it's it's one reason why we should all uh, learn storytelling which is we can recognize patterns as we listen to stories we can recognize patterns and spot them better if we ourselves know how to create those patterns how to um uh, you know how storytellers work and how they are absolutely uh, process yeah I, i really love that uh, idea which you just said webu like to to understand uh, storytelling is when you actually know what uh, you know what you actually receive right so i you know uh-huh. this just brings me to so i just read a book which you know i've been talking to you a lot about calling bullshit right so uh so you know it it has a separate section Uh, on data visualization right as a separate ch- chapter on data visualization and it talks about how uh, you know having the same data uh, just with the same data the same data set the same outcome you can tell two extremely different stories and uh, it was interesting to me uh, to see that okay this guy has taken 
you know the uh, income of us uh, you know the income of all the us citizens and how much they have taxed and with that particular information he has uh, you know he has come up with three graphs and one graph it conveys that you know you need to tax the poor a lot and in the other graph it conveys no middle class people had have to be taxed a lot and the third graph conveys no rich has to be taxed a lot right so it's interesting to know that the storytellers know how to tweak the information how to fabricate the story that they want to tell right uh, but not what is what is true and uh, it becomes the story receiver's onus to be illiterate and to spot this uh, misleading uh, you know bullshit is what the author calls right to stop to spot this bullshit and refute the bullshit and how he has fabricated the story that suits his discretion rather than what is true and what has to be spoken about i absolutely agree with you i think you're spot on uh, and that's it's a terrific book that we really need uh in our times right now right absolutely uh, and it's, it's it's going to be a crucial uh, life skill going forward exactly. which is uh, uh, calling bullshit yeah. right it's going to be a crucial life skill right so uh, vipu you spoke about stories of transformation you know stories of uh, explanation stories of choice uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the types of stories that you see oh yes sure when we spoke earlier about the elements of elements of storytelling mm-hmm. one of the things that we spoke about was uh, how narrative was important right and there are different forms of building a narrative right there, there are different things to consider when you're building a narrative um one is sequence which is the order in which you tell things uh the other is flow which is how do you go from one point in your story to another point in your story and then the last thing is arc which is overall how are you building uh, a trajectory in your story right and this is this is from you know watching movies and from from cinema right sequence flow and arc are what make up narrative and this narrative when you think about it can be applied in different ways for different types of stories right okay. and that's where the narrative uh, which is the sequence flow and the arc is different for a story for transformation and there are a few other types of stories right um, it's going to be different for a story of explanation and it's going to be different for a story of choice right yeah can you t- um, tell us an example verbu sure so a story of choice is something that you see a lot of times in in the business context where you have a leader and you have to recommend uh, the best among a set of options to that leader right so let's take for example uh, the leader wants to figure out whether they want to build a software engineering team in india or in malaysia mm-hmm. and you want to explain to them uh, the set of things to consider and how what are the best what is the best way to arrive at the decision right right so what you need here is a story of choice where you explain to them what the choices are and what you believe is the the better choice or you know it, it could even be tied right so you explain the choices to them so this is an example of a story of choice and on the flip side you also have uh, your pitches your sales pitches are also stories of choices where somebody needs to make a choice and you are telling them that hey this one thing 
is the right choice, right? And you're putting a pitch in front right. of them. And when you think about these two, um, you know, types of stories of choice, you would approach them very differently, uh, um, you know, just because of uh, of how you're treating them, right? With pitches, you will be more focused on what's good about your particular feature or your product or the thing that you're selling. Whereas in um, in comparisons, in uh, stories where you're putting all of the choices in front of the decision maker and also kind of uh, informing them on what the right choice is, it's more about being more comprehensive, bringing different perspectives, and then trying to provide the um, the decision maker with as much information as possible right. uh, so that they can make the right choice. Got it. So this, again, is an example of a story of choice, right? Right. Uh, and there are stories of explanation. So it, it's uh, every story that you're trying to say in a business context falls uh, somewhere in these three categories and some stories might fall outside of it. But it's useful to think about, hey, what type of story am I saying? Um, and what's the model that works best for the type of story that I'm saying? Got it. So you, so so basically, you know, I'm just trying to summarize it, right? So we spoke about elements of storytelling. Uh, so elements of storytelling, uh, one is the, uh, you know, the first one was uh, context, the why, and the, the second one was audience, the who, who are you telling your story to? And the third is uh, the narrative, right? And uh, mm-hmm. the fourth is the storyteller, which is you. So if we, if we want to go about storytelling, so then I'll have to put my thoughts around, you know, start with putting my thoughts around these four elements of storytelling, get an understanding of uh, what it is, uh, right? Uh, how am I going to present myself considering all these four factors in it, right? And uh, for the third element, narrative, is when you spoke about uh, the... Uh, uh, the arc and what was the other two vibu it was sequence right sequence flow, flow and, and arc, arc right so so that mm-hmm. is the narrative part right and uh, based on stories of explanation or stories of choices or stories of transformation how do you think uh, the narrative will be different vibu do we do we have a set uh, you know set format or a blueprint to follow upon depending on what story am i going to tell um that's a really interesting question and i think the beauty of it is in the fact that there's no set format <laughs> there's no set template it. and it's uh, it's a double edged sword right, <laughs> right. The, the, the the beauty of the fact is that it's you're completely free to uh, do what you right. want and uh, which also puts you in a position where it's so difficult to figure out where to start uh, and uh, um, I, I don't think I think templates work to some extent. Right. If you have been telling a story repeatedly, um, you know, think about think about it this way, right? Do you need a data dashboard or do you need a story? And this question can be answered by how many times, how frequently do you need to do it, right? For your periodic reviews, like you have ops reviews and operational reviews, quarterly reviews, annual business reviews and things like that. Templates work there, data dashboards work there because you're looking at the same piece of information again and again. Mm-hmm. Even your daily uh, metrics dashboards work that way. Whereas for stories, uh, you know, it, it's fundamentally important that 
we don't box ourselves in templates and we kind of express ourselves. We look at different pieces of data and express ourselves uh, through the story. And that's where um, I think templates, uh, it's my personal opinion that templates uh, are of limited use um, and it's better to kind of... Uh, Experiment, you, right. You know, exactly. Okay. Think about what are, what is the type of story that you're saying and what is the sequence in which you want to say these things and how do you build a natural flow to it and, uh, um, you know, what is the arc that your st- story takes and how does it appeal to your audience and all of those things. Right. Um, that's where it becomes a very rewarding thing uh, if, if um, you know, if it works out. Right. Got it. Got it. I, I know you've been, you know, you've, you're very good at storytelling with data and uh, you you keep telling stories to a lot of different people and uh, your work revolves around stories. So how do you know that you've, you've told a, you've told a good story? How do you gauge that? Okay, that's a wonderful question. And I say that because I'm totally unprepared to answer that question. <laughs> uh, I, I think um, uh, there are two parts to it. One is, uh, um, uh, you know, internally, uh, you know it, kind of, uh, you, you, when you put in a lot of effort um, and as you deliver that story and after you've delivered that story, you know that you, you did a good job there. And it's something that's very difficult to kind of explain, but, um, you know, regardless of whether you get external recognition or not, you, you know that for a fact. So that's, that's uh, one thing. Um, and then the other is whether or not the story drives action, right? whether or not uh, when people uh, listen to that story, uh, listen to your recommendations, are they motivated to go take action on those recommendations? Um, that's that's the other important thing. So uh, after having uh, spoken to you for the past 20, 25 minutes or mm-hmm. so uh, about storytelling, you know, my objective here is for people to kind of put themselves in the positions of, uh, hey, uh, for the next presentation that I have to do for the next product review meeting, what can I do differently and how can I think about it? Uh, using these storytelling absolutely elements, right? so yeah if that's something that they go away with i think um, it's it's a win for me for this small story that it's uh, that i told so that's that's the way I absolutely so Vibhu, i think okay. uh, you know one last question that i had was what are the resources that you recommend uh, to learn more about storytelling in terms of the resources um, i think there are a few workshops. If you're really serious about uh, storytelling, there are a few workshops um, that can come in handy. Um, and a lot of these fo- workshops focus on giving you a set of tools. And again, um, they kind of uh, don't focus on the creative process, but they try to make it look like mm-hmm. more like a science than an art. Um, but they are definitely helpful they, because they provide you some tools that help you build a little bit of muscle. Okay, so do you have the name of the workshops, Vibhu? Or, uh... Oh, yes. So the name of a workshop that I know of is Duarte. Um, and give you a link that you can add to your... Uh, sure, podcast. I'll add it to the description, right. Okay. Um, and then uh, in terms of uh, what I personally found to be most helpful is um, watching uh, movies, reading books, 
and reading, uh, you know, looking at photographs and thinking about things like composition, thinking about the mental state of the creator and why they made design decisions in their stories the way they have done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a really interesting exercise to do. Um, and that helps us think more clearly about, hey, this person is telling a story and that really appealed to me. Uh, how can I learn more about the way this person has crafted this message? Right. So that's that's what, uh, that sort of uh, dissecting someone else's story is what I found to be most helpful personally. And that's where I think... Um, uh, you know, it gives me mm-hmm. a lot to learn from. Okay, so when you dissect, so it's it's all in your mind, right? So do you do you know do you have you found out a way to dissect it, or what sort of questions you would be asking yourself when you're in the process of dissecting it? So what I think about when when I uh, look at some of these fascinating stories is I ask myself questions around, um, hey, why did they choose to say the things in their story in this particular order? Uh, usually it kind of revolves around the screenplay of a movie or it could also be a non-fiction book like it could be you could take uh, mm-hmm. you know the book that we spoke about which is calling bullshit and right. if you really feel that it 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 has a very powerful message you can start by thinking okay why did the author decide to say these things in this particular order and what happens if i flip the order a little bit what happens if I don't include these right. many examples? What happens if I included a lot more examples? What happens if I included more visuals? Mm-hmm. And if you ask all of these questions, it becomes, it, it kind of lets you, it tells you why the author made the story decisions and the design decisions that went into that book. And that sort of thought process helps. Right, absolutely. And I would also, you know, I would, like to add another resource as well which you know which i really love is the nat geo storyteller summit <laughs> so you know there are it's like you know having the world's best uh, wonderful storytellers uh, come and talk about their stories uh, it was photographs and now i see a lot of data uh, that they use to talk about stories as well it could be you know it could be about climate change it could be about uh, losing a habitat it could be about people migration uh, and I think, uh, you know, these people are, you know, well-versed storytelling. Uh, you know, I think uh, just going back to Nat Geo Storyteller Summit, there's a lot of YouTube videos as well on that. And uh, practicing what you said, right? Taking a particular story, dissecting it. Why did he run the story the way he did? And what sort of graphs or what sort of visualizations he showed us? And why did he place the data that way? I think that is a good exercise to add as well. Uh, that's brilliant. And I want to add a couple of more resources um, that I think can also be really very helpful. Uh, one is, uh, it's called, a book called Storytelling with Data. Okay. And it's essentially a data visualization guide for uh, um, for people who who are put in roles where they need to use data to, um, you know, to help decision makers, uh, to drive decisions, to drive action, etc. So it's it's a really good book that kind of teaches what are some good ways okay. to visualize data and Got tell it. the story that you want to tell. Um, and then another recommendation is, uh, uh, it's a simple book that's called Good Charts. Um, okay. it's, a, uh, it's a book about how can we make persuasive data visualizations, right? So 
Mm-hmm. Both of these books kind of help with uh, the idea of how to use data and create mm-hmm. powerful visualizations for uh, storytelling. Got it. So I'll uh, I'll also you know get the author names and I'll put the those two books as well as your workshop title in the podcast description. All right then. Uh, so Vibhu, I think we have reached the end of the episode. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your insights on storytelling. And as you said, I hope the story that you just spoke about, you know, sprung some of these will sprung some of these uh, product program project managers listening to my podcast into action and think about storytelling when they do their next presentation it could be a product roadmap it could be a team transformation story so i really hope it is useful for them uh, thank you vibhu for your time absolutely it was my pleasure to be here and um, i hope that this conversation uh, uh, was interesting and was helpful uh, to our listeners thank you thank you thank Bye-bye. you vibhu Hey so if you have if you want to reach out to Vibhu for any more questions and uh, you know would like to explore a little bit more on this topic you can reach out to Vibhu on LinkedIn and uh, if you do have you know any other guests uh, you know in your mind uh, who you would love to have on Women at Lunch table please write me a note uh, I'd be glad to have them on Women at Lunch table we hope it was really worth the time for you uh, thank you for listening have a good day that brings us to the end of this episode Thank you for listening. Do follow and subscribe to my podcast. I'll be happy to hear your thoughts about this episode. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn or you can send an email to women@lunchtable@gmail.com. You can find those details in the podcast description. See you in the next episode. Stay tuned.